Welcome to the global phenomenon, Surviving the Survivor, where we bring you the best guests in all of true crime. What's up, SDS Nation, and welcome to another episode of Surviving the Survivor, the podcast that promises to bring you the very best guests in all of true crime. And today, we are digging deep into a new case with the help of an old friend, Tim Jansen. Uh, we are talking about OnlyFans model, Courtney Clenny. Uh, she's also an Instagram star with 2 million followers. I guess an influencer is a better word. Uh, she and her defense team now desperately trying to get a huge cache of illegal recordings, uh, detailing the arguments and fights she had with her now dead boyfriend, tossed from her trial. Uh, that is all according to Radar Online that's been covering this case. Uh, according to her defense attorney, uh, we are mounting a vigorous defense for Courtney. Many defense witnesses uh, that will testify uh, that she was a victim of domestic violence and the action she took were to save her own life. That is according to Frank Prieto, her defense attorney. We'll have some more uh, from him in a moment. Uh, Courtney Clenny is accused. This is a fascinating case of fatally stabbing her boyfriend, a gentleman named Christian Obumselli in Miami, in my hometown here, back in April of 2022. Of course, our best guest is famed Tallahassee defense attorney R. Timothy Jansen. People have been clamoring for him. He is a partner in the firm Jansen and Davis in Tallahassee. He's handled all kinds of complex civil, administrative, and criminal litigation. He also spent five years as a federal prosecutor. Tim Bo, what's it like to be back here on STS? It's great. And uh, welcome uh, to 2024. And um, people are asking about Windsor. Windsor is that fun Friday. Him and Georgie go get fluffed every Friday. <laughs> so they're not here for the show today. But it's great to be back. It's great to be talking about a, an interesting case uh, that's made headlines. Got a lot of legal issues in it. Uh, great to see you, Joel. Congratulations on the book. I see you're promoting that. Uh, hope you. it does great. Thank you, and uh, appreciate that. And uh, we're going to get right into this. Just uh, first off, of course, please, if you can, support us on Patreon or YouTube. The merch store is open for business on audio. You can give us uh, five stars. That helps us a ton. And Tim mentioned it. I didn't even know this. I got some messages streaming in last night from STS Nation. Publisher didn't even tell me. The book is available for pre-order, the Surviving the Survivor, uh, Surviving the Survivor book. And uh, we had a crazy day. If it seems like I'm acting strange, it's because my eight-year-old's party was going to be later in the day. They had to switch it last second. That's why we couldn't do Phil and Scott. So there's a birthday party going on at my house with a bazillion eight-year-old girls screaming. And so I guess hiding out in a podcast studio is pretty good uh, relative to that. But uh, the COE, um, by the way, the book overnight went to quote unquote bestseller status on Amazon. That is because of STS Nation. Thank you all so much. Um, it is, as I like to say, uh, the most important story I've ever told. And I think it can be the most important story you will ever hear. Um, the COE is going to put up a QR code at some point during the show where you can go to a direct Amazon link to pre-order it's crazy because the book is actually going to be available on May 14th, which is my son's birthday. And Carmen and I are going to be doing book tours, book signings, all sorts of things. So uh, I just hope that people read it because it is uh, a labor of love. And I think it's a very important story. And I think it's moving. So uh, 
would appreciate it if you all could uh, maybe pre-order the book. And I'll uh, show you that in a moment. We also have some video of Courtney Clenny. Uh, but just let's start to break it down. Um, I see the COE in the background already. Mish Cavernos coming to us from Cape Town, South Africa. As you know, Fridays are a little more loose here at STS. Last night, we had the legend Ann Burgess <laughs> and Bob Mod on talking about um, John Wayne Gacy. What a crazy man that guy was. Um, good riddance to him. He was uh, put to rest for good, Tim Jansen, uh, back in 1994. By the way, next week is a big week with uh, Donna Adelson. She's back in court, and my friend Tim Jansen is going to be with me for that on Tuesday. I believe it's 2.30 p.m., live coverage and analysis. Monday night, we're doing a Donna Adelson show. Tuesday night, we're doing a Donna Adelson show, and then we'll mix it up uh, during the rest of the week. But uh, Mish Caverno is coming to us from Cape Town, South Africa. She, meaning Courtney Clenny, broke a previous boyfriend's jaw. Uh, there seems to be quite a backstory here with her tim what's your uh initial impression of this case and by the way there's a hearing in this case next thursday in miami thursday or friday and uh, i'll either bring it to you live or i'm going to go to court myself and try to meet some of the players and get them on sts but tim your first impression uh in reviewing this case well it's one of the opposite cases where you actually have a victim uh the male may be the victim of domestic violence Clearly, the relationship was a volatile relationship. Um, and people that commit domestic battery continue to do that in different relationships. They don't normally change. Um, I know she just mentioned that he broke a, she broke a jaw of a prior relationship. That would be consistent with uh, the pattern you see with certain people. If they violence, they turn to violence. Um, it's something that they're used to. Uh, and it happens frequently and it continues. So this case, and Tim, it, I, it's interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, I know you're not a uh, domestic violence you know, expert, but in your own practice, or I guess in friends of yours who practice law, yep. I guess how rare is it for you to come upon a case where the woman is beating on the man and, and not the other way around? If that is in fact the case, they are still working on all their due diligence here. Well, the problem is, is that the males don't want to admit that they're the victim, right? Um, and that's why I've seen a couple, and this is next, this year I'm practicing defense 30 years. So I would say maybe two in 30 years. And we, we get a lot of domestic cases um, that stem from an injunction. And then you have, so it's very rare. It's not unheard of, but it's, it's either not reported or the victim doesn't want to come forward and admit that they're a victim. And, and prosecutors have a hard time believing that the male's a victim, and you have to provide sufficient evidence to convince them. It's, uh, it's an interesting like dynamic psychologically, I'm sure, where the jury will get into that. But uh, Ned Smith, man, has a good sense of humor, but he's, he's being serious here. Tim looks great. Really great to see Tim wears Windsor, as you just heard. It is, uh, what do you call it, Tim? What is Fridays? We, we call it, it's Fun Friday. They go to the groomer all day, him and Georgie. Mm -hmm. And I, I drop them off at nine and pick them up at five. Are they so, exhausted when they get home? Absolutely. They're starved, they're thirsty, and they're tired. 
<laughs> it leads to a great evening. <laughs> Let me tell you about my night very quickly last night. Uh, I get a message from the COE that Ethel, my boxer, uh, she was taken to school yesterday, uh, which is um, Waggle Brothers. Shout out to Waggle Brothers on Biscayne Boulevard. And um, this, this is classic COE. She tells me Ethel has a bit of an upset stomach. She is throwing up grass. Right. So I said, OK, uh, this was, I think, during the podcast. But this is why the COE is a classic human being. I get home and that thrown up grass. It was actually just grass. It was weird, but it was on the comforter of my bed. Now, <laughs> another human being besides my wife would probably have cleaned that up by the time I got home, but not my wife. So the minute I got home, I had to clean that up. And I wasn't happy, but uh, but the wife was helping me with other stuff. So she gets a pass. So if you want a dog, clean up after it. XO. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I want another dog, by the way. Tim Jansen has two dogs. I should have two dogs. Fridays are crazy days. So, Tim, let's start to break this down a little bit. It's uh, August 10th, 2022. I'm sitting on a weird angle because I have my boom. By the way, you got a new microphone. It sounds excellent. Congrats. I did. The family got it for me for Christmas. Look at that. Is there a, I guess I'm gonna be like doing is, I'm gonna be doing some podcasts and stuff. It looks like there's a mic flag, that little part around the mic. Does that say something? I can't read it. Does it say says, the Tim um, Jansen Network? Sure. S H U R E. I guess that's the brand. It should be TJN. Sure is a great mic, by the way, but it should be TJN for the Tim Jansen Network. So um, August 2022, Courtney Clenny is arrested for second degree murder. What's interesting about this is her boyfriend, uh, Toby, which is what they call him, Christian Toby Obumseli, Obumseli, he was stabbed to death four months earlier, back on April 3rd, 2022. So April 3rd, 2022, he's stabbed to death and the arrest comes on August 10th. Why do you think it took four months, Tim Jansen? Well, I think, one, they're waiting for the autopsy report. They want to show how, how deep that knife wound went in to her. She gave a statement, a proffered statement without a lawyer, which is going to end up, and I think I told you this last night, she was trying to talk herself out of an arrest, but I believe she walked herself into a conviction. If she wouldn't have given that statement, I do not believe she would have been charged. Her statement and the police were pretty, they were pretty sharp. They, they calmed her down. They got her talking. They didn't even tell her that he had died. They led her to believe, you know, we're just here to find out what's going on. And, and then she caught on and said, oh, you're homicide. And he gave an excuse. Oh, well, we have to go to all these just in case. But her statements, which are so inconsistent with the facts and the autopsy, that even her alleged victimhood that was she's her lawyers are trying to claim is completely inconsistent with the facts and it's going to be her undoing. Um, and what she had no lawyer present. Is that right? That's right. So now a person came in the room at a person came in the room at the end and I, I, I missed who that was. I looked at it last night. And once they told her that he had died, she asked him to hug her. I don't know if they brought a counselor in there or, but I don't know, but she did not have a lawyer. She was free to go. 
and I believe she, it was a post-Miranda. They read her rights. So it's clearly admissible at court. Look at this. Ned Smith, one of the funnier men alive. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Ned Smith. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you're older than me, but you're probably younger than me. So uh, that's okay, too. Um, Tim, glad to see you back. Look at all these Tim, glad to see you backs here. Tim is my favorite guest. Look at this. On Congratulations you, on a new book. Thank you. Look at that. Um, will there be a Kindle version? You know what's funny? I don't know the answer to that, but there will be an audio version. And uh, Carm and I are going to actually voice it, which I think might be one of the funniest things in the history of the world because Carm has a hard time with English. And she's cursing at me sometimes in the book. So that'll be even funnier. Carm is, by the way, super stressed out because um, I didn't really hold back. And so she's worried about what people are going to think about her when they hear how she really talks to me. Be kind to her. Lorna McKenzie already pre-ordered your book. Thank you, Joel. Appreciate that. Um, Mish Cavernos Mazels from uh, – look at that. Uh, and I'm just looking at all the comments. So, Tim, that is an interesting – <clears throat> um, sort of caveat. So I just want you to explain that a little more because mm -hmm. you said uh, she walked herself into a conviction. Do you really believe that? That right. if she did not talk, if she got an attorney, you don't think we'd be where we were, where we're at today? And, and how come? A hundred percent. Because they had witnesses at the apartment complex who will show he was an aggressor at times. She was an aggressor at times. Um, if she wouldn't have came, come up with this crazy story that she threw the knife 10 yard, 10 feet away, that would have changed. She could have said anything after she's charged that he, he jumped on top of me and I had to stab him down. The autopsy report, if you look at the police report, the affidavit says it was a deep thrusting motion, downward motion that does not come from a throwing motion. If you look at the video in, in the interview, she grabs the knife like you and I would do, raises it up like you and I would, and then she says, I threw it. No one throws a knife in this position, and it certainly wouldn't penetrate eight centimeters of a, a strong young man 10 feet away. It just yeah, defies logic. Yeah, she says she hurled it from 10 feet. I mean, that's insanity. There's no way excuse me, the medical examiner said there's no way. Um, and we'll, we'll kind of circle back to that. Uh, thank you to Kim. But Miller. think about thank that, Joe, but Joe, just think Go about ahead. that. If she didn't say I threw it right. And all they have is that she stabbed him and you have a relationship where it's been volatile and he's bigger than her. What are they going to, what are they going to, what theory are they going to go on? It's much more difficult. Um, and then you add in the phone calls with the mother that's very suspicious. And the mother's going to be a bad witness against her, too. So tell us about those calls with the mom, Tim. So apparently, if you look at the timeline in the report, he gets back like at 443 and the elevator shows him getting back. And like within, I mean, minutes, she's calling her mother for six minutes and then she calls her again for seven minutes. And then after the second call, 457 she calls 911 so he was stabbed and killed or not killed but stabbed within between two minutes and 13 minutes of him coming in the apartment and then they called the mother talked to the mother the mother goes oh i didn't talk to her about it i didn't say anything about it 
yet they found a text message from the mother later mentioning self-defense and don't talk without a lawyer, which clearly shows the mother knows something. Um, and the other thing that's important is that the mother never mentioned that they were, or she mentioned they were having an argument. She can hear him arguing. She never mentioned that she heard hitting, screaming, or her yelling in fear. And it's interesting, she never says that she was in fear. And they asked him, her during the interview, what was he saying to you while you were in the kitchen with a knife? And she couldn't recall. She could not recall what he was saying to her. Uh, that doesn't justify if she threw the knife at him, which I don't think she did. But I, that doesn't justify using deadly force, which what a knife is. Um, again, I don't know what it is about the water in Florida, but another twisted story. So, Tim, uh, continuing to break this down, this, this is our first go at this story. And uh, yep. again, there will be a hearing in Miami next Friday. I'm either going to try to attend it or Tim and I will do live coverage and analysis of it. And uh, she looks a whole lot different in her red jumpsuit that we've seen her in. But she <laughs> did, did, did or does have... Uh, 2 million Instagram followers, Tim Jansen. That is no small number. Um, that is influencer no. status. They're actually living in a $12,000 a month unit um, in Edgewater, uh, which is a very kind of trendy hipster section of Miami in Midtown. Uh, a lot of young people live there. People have heard of Brickle. It's kind of comparable to Brickle. But Tim, what does that do for the case, uh, being that she is this kind of notable influencer? She goes by Courtney Taylor, like you bring your clothes to a tailor uh, on mm -hmm. Instagram and I assume on OnlyFans. What's it do to a case? You've handled high profile cases, but just the fact that she's got this, you know, notoriety from Instagram and OnlyFans, what's that do uh, for the kind of the legal side of things from a defense attorney's perspective? Well, it's, it could help her in jury selection. It could hurt the state in jury selection. Um, she's got this OnlyFans deal, I guess, where she gets naked for them. Um, and they pay a lot of money because she was making like $1.8 million, um, which is a lot of money. And then the second year, $900,000. Um, but that could hurt her because if they can subpoena those records, they can show no bruises on her body, right? If she's this so-called victim of domestic abuse, you would have bruises. And if she's shown mostly almost all of her body, there weren't any bruises. Um, and then in the interview at the, at the uh, police station, what did they do? They brought in a crime scene photographer. She mentioned that he grabbed her by the neck, threw her against the wall, and they took photos. And there were no injuries whatsoever. So none of her story adds up. Um, if I were them, I would be subpoenaing those, if they can, contact those people who she was uh, a had or were clients, and then try to get those videos to show there was no domestic battery injuries to her, especially recently near the time of this event. Now, Tim, if I'm her defense attorney, since I learned this from you, I'm saying, look, she was wearing makeup in those shots. She was yep. abused. You just couldn't see it because I put on a... Uh bronze or whatever i put on there is that orange soda right. tim jansen i love orange soda no it's that fanta it's gatorade it's gatorade. Oh, gatorade it's not fanta my, 
my kids called it Fanta. Uh, we had an argument. Remember that commercial? Don't you want to want a Fanta? <laughs> that was the advertising, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I did. It was a pretty. I think it was a pretty lady. Who said, "Don't you want to want a Fanta?" Okay, I guess I'm Fanta. aging myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I sort of vaguely remember that. Um, I do. I do remember Tab, which I don't think a lot of people remember. Um, by the way, speaking of tabs, this has nothing to do with anything, but I just read an article about like some 90 year old woman that's been saving the tabs on cans her basically yeah. her entire life and went to, uh, bring them in finally. And it was worth some insane amount of money. She's been saving them since like the fifties. Um, anyway, neither here nor there. I just thought I would share that on a, on a Friday. Anyway, moving right along. So Tim, it's four months uh, along that this happens. Um, Clenny actually calls uh, on the day of the murder, as you said. She calls 911 to report the mm -hmm. stabbing during an altercation between the two of them. We've got some video. This is not mm -hmm. the day of the stabbing, but this just goes to show, and I'm hoping the COE uh, with a million kids running around can get me a couple more pieces of sound that uh, we had. But um, Look at this. Just pre-ordered the book. Thank you. I appreciate that. I don't know how to pronounce that. Silky? Silky Keller, I guess. Um, but here's the video. Let's watch this. And I said, happy birthday to Ned Smith. Here we go. Yeah, this is a bad video for her. Real bad. This is elevator video. You see that her walking in. Christian comes in. He's a big guy. And she just starts beating on him. Um, you see her she does pulling. not display victimhood there, does she? No. And and he's and look at right there. He's kind of cradling her, trying to hold right. her down. Um, right. And you see her, she just took he's a trying. punch. That was a left hook right there. Yeah. Another left hook. He's kind of smiling, but now he's he's defending himself. He's pushing right. pushing her back there. Tim Jansen, how does this, I'm going to play it again in a minute, but how does this play in a court of law? Um, you're the defense attorney for her. How on earth are you going to get yourself out of that jam right there? Well, I think her attorney has come out, which is shocking. He came out on court TV and was making comments about a case that has not been litigated, which can be problematic with the Florida bar. The prosecutors have filed motions with the court to discipline him. And I believe he came out to say that she was trying to get to her apartment. She didn't want him going up there. And that key fob apparently opens up right into the apartment. So it's not like there's a door. It goes right into the apartment. And she was trying to prevent him from going up there. Um, that doesn't seem credible that she would resort to violence that quickly. Uh, you don't see her saying, begging or playing, give me the key. You don't see any of that. You see her swinging wildly at him. And it shows him trying to deflect and not, I mean, he could really done damage to her, but he didn't. He was just trying to deflect and hold her. So, and I think she made some racial comments during that um, episode. And, and that is going to be admissible because it's a public elevator. But that will be played uh, yeah. in court. She was, um, it's her boyfriend, but she nevertheless was calling him, from what I understand, the N-word, uh, which you should never call right. anybody, uh, repeatedly. And he, again, uh, if we take another quick look at this, you can see, I'll play it from the beginning, 
Uh, and this is not the day of the murder. So this just goes to show that this kind of behavior was actually happening prior to the murder. But this is it. Um, you can see she gets on first. Um, this is from February 20th. And she's holding 20th. the elevator for him. Yeah. Right. This, she she yeah. held it open for him. Yeah. And this is a like you said, Tim, this is a private elevator. So this goes directly to their residence. Um, and yeah, I'm noticing the date, February 21st, and the murder happened on April 3rd. So this April is third. Two, yeah. Yeah. So this is two months beforehand. Uh, but look, he's in a defensive posture. Um, she's obviously a wild woman right here. You can also see the reflection in the elevator. You can get a better view right. if you look at the reflection of the doors. But um, there he kind of just shoves her head back. But um, yeah. again, it looks to me like he's just in a defensive posture. So, again, it was four months. The murder happens on the third, but the arrest doesn't happen uh, till four months later um, in August. It's this. By the way, I mean, it's crazy. These are two 27 years, 27 year olds. And they're, you know, he's a quote unquote cryptocurrency investor. She is this model. But as you said, she was making a couple million bucks a year off of OnlyFans, right. which is really crazy. Um, so she calls. Um, she is the one on the day of his murder, um, calls 911. She reports that her boyfriend had been stabbed during an altercation between the two of them. Now, does that help that she just openly, she's not making up a story that there was an intruder. She came right out and said, I did it. Does that help her case? Yes and no. The stabbing took place. Who did she call first? She called her mother. Who did she call second? Her mother. Then she called 911, right? And while she's on 911, she makes a comment, which could be an admission, I'm so sorry, baby. Those aren't comments you make when you're defending yourself for the rest of you. You're, you're defending your life. It's not like a stand your ground. Um, her actions do not justify a stabbing. And so now the defense has to come up with some basis. They have to believe that she was in fear. But now they got the problem of her interview, her problem making these statements, her problem with saying she threw it. Now they're trying to get a knife expert. She has really hurt her client, her lawyer's chances of defending her. It's like kind of like what we say. We don't we don't like to operate on a half dead patient. You know, you come in with the facts and they're so bad. What do you expect the lawyer to do? And the lawyer is going to try. Who knows what she told her lawyer? But he's going to have to deal with that phone call. He's going to have to deal with the fact that he call, she called her mother twice before she called 911. Um, that's a problem. Could that have saved his life? Prosecutor would probably argue that, that those six minutes could have made a difference in saving his life. Um, so Tara, she's got a, yeah. a – go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, Tara Ellis here has a, uh, <clears throat> a legal question for you. And keep bringing in the question. If you have any questions at all about the case, now's the time. Uh, give me the big triple Q in caps, and Tim will answer them for you. Tim, what are the chances they get the previous videos, et cetera? There's also text messages admissible into the trial. Is that a 404 issue or whatever it's called? What is the 404 issue, and does it is it admissible into evidence? I think Tara could be a lawyer if she's not. Because she's correct, 404B would be. They also call it Williams Rule in Florida. In the federal system, it's called um, 404B. That's prior acts of violence, which would show consistent behavior in this case. 
Um, I think that there was a, she had, she got arrested in July of 2021 in Vegas for domestic battery against him. And she also got, um, I guess the cops came when she stabbed him previously and threatened to kill him. That's also going to come in. Now the court's got to make a determination how close in time and how close in pattern of, of conduct that is consistent that a jury can infer that those actions are consistent with what she did in this case. Uh, it's, it's tough for a judge to do. They're very detrimental for the defense when they come in. Um, I have a case now, many people don't know this, but there's a thing called reverse Williams rule where we can introduce prior acts on the victim or witnesses to impeach their testimony or show their acts of conduct. Very rare, but it's just as admissible. Um, 404B is the one that appellate courts look at, judges look at, because it's so damaging to a defendant. Because mm. if they get in any previous acts of violence by her, that jury, the concern is you're going to convict her on the previous acts and not the acts what happened on this day. But at the Ruthless. same time, you know, you want to, if someone has a pattern of doing this, you want to be able to admit that. 100%. Um, unless you're the defense attorney, you want to keep it out. Ruthless coming to us from the UK. Some women are crazy, but not ruthless, of course. Lorna McKenzie says she's another Sarah Boone. To Tim's point, Julia Nielsen says, my late physician mom had men patients who uh, were being beaten by women and rarely told authorities. I'm going to ask Carm about this because Carm used to deal with domestic violence. Uh, I should have had Carm on today. I didn't even think about that, but uh, she's resting up from going nowhere on, on vacation and I'm trying to survive coming back from uh, Canada. Tim looks good, all healed up from the energy. Heather gifting a uh, Surviving the Survivor membership. This is a very low-key Friday here. Look at this. Here's a question, but it doesn't have to do with the case. I like it. Question for uh, the COE. Will Joel and Carm host some meetups for Patreon folks during the book tour? Yes, we will. And by the way, look what the COE put up here. This is a QR code. If you want to pre-order the book, you just scan that on your screen. I'll leave it up for a minute or two, and uh, then you can... It'll take you right to a link uh, to get a copy of the book. I was just reading a funny comment from Mish Cavernos that I can't read out loud. Um, so police then find uh, Courtney Clenny, Tim Jansen, according to the arrest paperwork. They find her holding her bleeding boyfriend in her arms in their unit at a place called One Paraiso which is paradise, I believe, in Spanish. Uh, the Paraiso Condo Building, which I'm sure I'm pronouncing wrong. It's on Northeast 7th Avenue. Again, this is a very trendy, very expensive area. Their unit was 12000 bucks a month for rent. Uh, that's where they were living. Again, Tim, um, in terms of presenting a defense case, she calls, she says, I stabbed him, and police find her mm -hmm. cradled cradling him, holding him. Can you make the argument then that she was, you know, being compassionate after the fact he quote unquote attacked her. This is what the defense is going to say. He was being abusive. Mm -hmm. She had a lash out and now she's trying to comfort him and console him. If she was really the, uh, the agitator here and the aggressor here, why would she be cradling him? Is that what the defense is going to say? 
They're going to say that. And, and, you know, abusers, sometimes when they abuse someone, they always apologize afterwards, right? I'm so sorry it's never going to happen again. I'm so sorry I stabbed you in your main artery with this knife eight inches. And I'm so sorry, baby. Let me call, nine, let me call my mom and let me call 911. That's going to have to be their defense because I don't think the state's going to give her any plea other than the manslaughter. She's charged with second degree. Um, she's looking at prison time a long time. And the facts, she just never should have spoke to the police. And, you know, sometimes you have to make tough decisions, Joel. And one of the tough decisions as a criminal defense lawyer is always, do I take my client in there to give a statement? And you really can't make that decision till you know more information. But not all the time does the police give you that much time. In this case, it looks like the lawyer was called. He ran down there. She had already said everything that was damaging. Um, the question is, when they call you and you know there's an investigation and the officer says, hey, listen, I want to get your guy's side of the story. Can you or your girl's side of the story? Can she come down and give a statement? That is so such a tough decision that it's not one made easily. Um, I would I normally shy away from giving the statement unless I know everything. Because once the statement is given, you're locked in. They can use it. You haven't seen the crime scene. You don't know what the other witnesses are saying. And it really limits your ability to give a defense. On the other hand, you have defendants or, or clients sometimes that want to go down there, want to tell their story. As much as you tell them not to, you'd go down there with them. And sometimes it works out well. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, and I'll give you an example. A lot of college kids get these date rape cases, right? And so they, young people having drinks or whatever, and they're meeting and then they end up having sex. And then the guy doesn't call her or whatever. The girl feels like he took advantage. So the girl goes, calls the police and says, I think he raped me. Now for a sexual battery, you have two elements. One, you have got to have intercourse. And two, it's got to be without consent. So if you go down there, and say the victim didn't report it right away. So if your victim doesn't report it right away, they don't have any physical evidence of sex. So if you go down there and make a statement and say, yeah, I had sex, it was consensual, you've satisfied one element of the offense. Now all they have to prove is lack of consent. Well, they got that. They've got the girl. You don't go down there, state attorney looks at the case and says, well, wait a minute, can we even prove there was sex? It's a late report. And we don't have anything from him acknowledging it. All we have is our word. They sometimes don't go, go forward on those cases. So going down there, you may be satisfying at least getting charged by admitting to certain things. <laughs> or say you do this. Say you go down there and deny having sex, right? And you say, no, we didn't have sex. And then DNA comes back and shows you had sex. Now you're a liar. And now your credibility at a trial is zero. So it's a tough decision. Uh, that is the uh, intricacies of uh, trial work right there from uh, a man that knows. Julia Nielsen, narcissists don't apologize. That's an interesting comment. Uh, this is an interesting comment, too. Again, Tim's not a psychologist, but Tammy says, I'm talking in the beginning of the relationship when uh, he sees that she was an effing ticking time bomb and threw hands. He should have just broke it off with her then. Tim, I mean, you've dealt with people in these situations yeah. they say the toughest part is getting out of the relationship right. and i assume that goes both ways for a male and a female it's not that easy to to leave either because there's 
economic factors. She's probably the breadwinner. She's making a ton of money. Um, it's not that easy, right? No, and 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 sometimes people fall in love with the people they shouldn't, right? Um, and they get comfortable in the abuse. Not comfortable, but they're used to it. And they don't want to walk away, or they can't walk away, or they they want to fix the guy, right? There's always the one that wants to fix and change the guy um, or the girl who's committing the abuse. He apparently liked the relationship, liked the lifestyle, but it's hard to say why people do what they do. But I can tell you, Joel, they do it every day. <laughs> you know, it's amazing because I wonder, I always say to myself, why are why would you do this? You're going to prison and people continue to do it. Uh, I guess it doesn't, uh, it's not a deterrent enough. Um, do they have any phone calls or messages between these two? They have a lot, including text messages. Yeah. Um, but here, here's something that the COE pulled. Let's watch this together. Good. Open the door for real. This isn't cool. I have opened the door, open the door for by the way, just so we know, this is coming from court TV. We're courtesying them. And these are actors obviously reading text message exchanges just so we have the background here here we go feel good open the door for real this isn't cool i have a lump on the back of my head and i'm dizzy and anxious and i can't keep walking up and down when my leg hurts come on courtney can you come get me i'm not feeling too hot and i need to lay down with this ice pack i can't see straight i've been sitting in the restroom for an hour courtney this is up i have a lump on my head and i'm bleeding and have anxiety, can you answer your phone? Courtney, can you let me in? You hit me in the face with the phone. They continue to hit the back of my head with the phone. Now I have a lump. I'm bleeding, throwing up. Think I got a mild concussion and have anxiety. I slept in the restaurant for two hours and I'm just beyond words. All I hope for is a better tomorrow. Can you let me in or not? I apologize before you say you were kicking me out and you spit on me. No matter how mad and tough gets, you don't treat the one that you love that way. State fairs tomorrow. Be ready. Well, I'm sorry, Christian. I hope you're okay. I'm sorry for hitting you in the face and the back of your head and spitting on you. Is it right? No. You just pissed me the f off, but I still love you. I don't know about the fair anymore. Maybe I'll have a change of heart after some rest. The latch will be off. I'm going to bed. Don't say anything until the morning. We can talk then. Uh, this is very upsetting and disturbing on many levels. Uh, you can hear him and pleading uh, with her to let him back into the home, into the apartment. Says he's got a lump on his head. He was obviously, you know, hit by her. She is very manipulative by saying, I, I love you. I mean, this is um, obviously very abusive, very manipulative behavior. Uh, Godzilla here says it better. Um, Christian was a kind man, not sure how he knew exactly uh, he knew exactly what he was dealing with. Um, let's play this one more time, Tim, because uh, I think we'll pick up some other stuff. And I want to get your take from both a defense standpoint and a prosecution state standpoint about how this would play in court. Here we go. Good. Open the door for real. This isn't cool. I have a lump on the back of my head and I'm dizzy and anxious and I can't keep walking up and down when my leg hurts. Come on, Courtney. Can you come get me? I'm not feeling too hot, and I need to lay down with this ice pack. I can't see straight. I've been sitting in the restroom for an hour. Courtney, this is up. I have a lump on my head, and I'm bleeding, and have anxiety. Can you answer your phone? Courtney, can you let me in? You hit me in the 
face with the phone. They continue to hit the back of my head with the phone. Now I have a lump. I'm bleeding, throwing up, think I got a mild concussion, and have anxiety. I slept in the restroom for two hours, and I'm just beyond words. All I hope for is a better tomorrow. Can you let me in or not? I apologize before you say you were kicking me out and you spit on me. No matter how mad and tough gets, you don't treat the one that you love that way. State fairs tomorrow. Be ready. Well, I'm sorry, Christian. I hope you're okay. I'm sorry for hitting you in the face and the back of your head and spitting on you. Is it right? No. You just pissed me the off, but I still love you. I don't know about the fair anymore. Maybe I'll have a change of heart after some rest. The latch will be off. I'm going to bed. Don't say anything until the morning. We can talk then. There you go. By the way, shout out to True Lifestyles who's in the chat and who's given me some uh, information. She knows this case pretty well. There have been an insane number of motions I'm going to get to with Tim uh, right. revolving around this case, too. But, uh, Tim, what are you hearing there as a defense attorney? Um, I'm hearing problems from my client because those there are admissions by the defendant and those are present sense impressions mental impressions by the victim which are clearly admissible um at first i was thinking well he said he got a bump on his head but he didn't say she do it well then she had later admitted that she bumped him on the head and later she says you pissed me off basically i resort to violence when you piss me off i still love you come inside don't talk to me uh, very controlling, uh, indicate she cannot control her, her violent tendencies when she's mad. Very admissible, admissible to this case. And it's going to be a long, it's going to be a, a hard case to overturn. She's not the aggressor. And on the Tim, day, this on April interesting, yeah, this is an interesting point by Peter Grant. This case is all about drug abuse. So uh, the arrest came four months after the second degree murder, which she's charged for. And when she was picked up, she was actually at a um, at a rehab facility in Hawaii, getting help for, quote unquote, right. PTSD and also getting help. Um, it was PTSD and drug use. So if you're the defense attorney, are you jumping on this drug defense? Well, she was a user. She wasn't in her right mind. She was acting. How do you know? which way to turn and when in terms of how you defend this person? Well, you know, the question you have is normally as a defense lawyer, you want to see all the evidence, all the statements, all the police reports before you talk to your client. Right. But that didn't happen in this case. So now they're stuck. So the prosecutor or the defense lawyer is out there talking about a, a knife expert. Because he knows he's got to be able to prove she threw the knife from farther away on the injuries. That's problematic. He knows that the 911 call's coming in. He knows that the calls to the wife are coming in. And he's admitted that this elevator is coming in also. These text messages are probably coming in too because there's no subjectivity of privacy. If you send a text to somebody, you know they're going to read it and you know they're going to keep it. Um, and it is admissible. He's describing how he's feeling. She's giving an admission, a statement against interest. Those are really bad for her. She probably should try and get a plea offer based on drug abuse, mental PTSD, and see if she can get a deal. That's what she should be doing. But what he's kind not of deal? Get it. 
Yeah, what kind of deal could she get? Um, and what is she facing with second degree murder? 25 to life. Um, she could always try to get um, a manslaughter charge, which doesn't have a minimum mandatory, and you can work out a term of deal. But she's not going to get it because the lawyer has decided to go public. He's denigrated the victim. He's made statements that he called him an animal. He put out there in the general public that he was sexually abused by a relative, which is clearly not the way to get the family or the prosecution to want to give any kind of deal to these people. They have filed motions to sanction him. And if you look at the bar, Florida bar rules, it's clearly a violation of 4-3.6 trial publicity. If, the, if, if, if it's only to pre prejudice an adjudicated proceeding, uh, a, a substantially detrimental effect on the proceeding. They are attacking this guy's credibility, everything about him, and he's not there to answer because he was murdered. Um, the lawyer is taking the wrong approach in this, and I don't know if he's doing it just to get publicity or if his client has paid him a lot of money to do this or he thinks or someone's telling him that they need to go public, but this is not the right way to do it. And you, you have to evaluate your case. There are cases you're going to trial. And there are cases you know the facts just don't line up. You prepare for trial. You prepare if you're going to win. But if you get a reasonable deal, then you talk to your client. But I don't think he's in a position now based on his conduct outside of the courtroom and going on court TV, which, you know. Yeah. yeah. And Tim, I was going to ask you. So this guy, Frank Prieto, is the lead defense attorney. Um, do you see do you see this happen where it where defense attorney sees the spotlight, sees that this is going to be a high profile case and kind of makes the case? You know, journalists always say, don't make the story about yourself. Um, is this guy falling into the trap of making this case about him now by doing all this? It's a problem. It is a problem. And when I saw him on court TV, when the case is still pending, talking about facts and attacking the victim. And not just saying, talking about his client and that, that we're going to go to trial. We think we have a good case. Like, you know, that's not done. You don't do that in high profile cases. And, and I don't know how experienced he is in a high profile case, but Catherine Rundle, the state attorney, let him get away with it for a little bit. And she said in her latest motion, we let him get away with things that were not right. But on October 6th, he crossed the line and now they're seeking sanctions. And I can tell you that judge is not going to be happy that he's put out in public things about the victim that would not be admissible in a trial. And that's to taint the victim in front of a potential jury pool. And uh, Tim just mentioned the Miami-Dade state attorney, Catherine Fernandez-Rundle. For those who don't know, she is a hard-nosed, tough uh, woman <laughs> who's been at this job for I don't know how long. Because I reported here in the early 2000s and she was time. the uh, uh, state attorney back then. What, what's her rep, what's her reputation up in Tallahassee, Tim? She's been She's a tough forever. prosecutor, experienced, worked her way up, not a political yeah. appointee, and she so knows. She, yeah, you no. Know, so she she came out and she said um, that uh, the investigation on the state side showed that Clenny, Courtney Clenny, and uh, Christian Abumselli had been an extremely combative, and she 
quote unquote here, extremely combative relationship since November uh, 2020. She talked about how this how this is a high profile case and, uh, you know, she plans to seek justice. So that is um, not good news for Courtney Clenny, for anyone that really knows Catherine Fernandez Rundle. Uh, Don Hagerman, a friend of the show who's on here all the time. Tim, is there any way to keep the elevator video out and keep the questions coming for Tim? I'm going to scroll down. Uh, give them to me again with a capital Q's and I'll get these questions to Tim. I don't believe so because that's a public place. There's cameras in the elevator. So when you go in that elevator, you know, you're being recorded. There's no expectation of privacy. Um, I do not think there's a way to keep that video out. If I'm the defense and I'm of state, I want it in. Mm. This is an interesting comment here. Johnny Depp could have been Christian. Uh, that is true. Um, you just don't know. I saw someone, and I apologize because I scrolled through it quickly, said her brother uh, is a victim of domestic violence. Maybe that's something that's not talked about nearly enough. I think a lot of men do experience this on some level, and uh, socially and society-wise, it is not, you know, it's not the norm it's not quite as acceptable for men to come forward. So maybe this will shed some light on that. You always hope that there's a silver lining in every horrible case. And uh, maybe that's what comes out of this. But this is the part, Tim, where I literally uh, started to basically laugh out loud because Courtney Clenny calls police uh, or I should say tells police that day that her boyfriend, Christian, had thrown her to the floor. So she goes, she grabs a knife like a ninja and says she throws it at him from 10 feet away. The medical examiner comes out and said, Obamselli's wound could not have been caused by a knife thrown uh, from that distance. Uh, absolutely insane. Uh, it's an insane claim. Uh, we find out later on that the knife wound punctured what is known as the subclavian artery. It's not on the side that your heart is on, but the other side, there's a big artery on the right side of his chest, it punctured the subclavian artery, and he basically uh, bled out and uh, choked to death on his own blood. Not a pleasant way to go by any means. But, Tim, how do you get around this, this notion of ninja style, rolling on the ground, defending yourself, and flinging that knife from 10 feet away? I, I've already told you I'm trying to work a deal if I'm representing her because in that same interview, they asked her, well, how did the knife get out of him? She goes, yeah, I, I watched on TV those shows where they say don't pull it out because you bleed to death. She goes, well, maybe he pulled it out himself. I mean, she, she's making this up on the fly. Another reason she shouldn't have spoken, uh, given a statement. Um, Literally on foolish. the fly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the couple lived in Austin, Texas, and the history goes back, uh, according to reports, all the way to Austin, Texas, Tim, if you are the defense now, uh, are you hiring someone like your good friend Monica Jordan to go and interview people in Austin to try to find someone who's going to say, well, Christian was the one hitting her, not the other way around? What are you going to do? Well, yeah, and then Monica's going to say, have you looked at the interview she gave the cops? Why am I wasting my time finding these witnesses when she gave this stupid response how she threw a knife at him? Maybe I should find a knife expert who can demonstrate how she could have done it. I mean, that's how silly this is. Um, but, um, you, you, of course, you're going to try. And you might want to do that for mitigation purposes. At this point, she probably 
I'm not telling her who to hire or what to do, but I'm just saying right now it appears that her current lawyer is at odds with the state attorney. In, in Florida, we have a law called Marcy's Law, and the victim has a major impact on how plea negotiations are resolved. The family will have to approve any plea deal in the case. I do not believe the family will agree to any plea with this lawyer who came out there and attacked the victim, brought out things about his past that are not admissible, called him a derogatory, dehumanizing words, is going to help. Now, if the lawyer just wants to go to trial and get the publicity like we've seen in Tallahassee, right, then we know how it's going to end. But if it's in the client's best interest to take responsibility for what she did, get a resolution the family can live with, get a resolution that she can, she's not going to like it, but the facts are, are the facts. You're not going to change the facts. Everybody can have opinions. The crime scene, the interview, and the autopsy. And then those prior acts, like the elevator, are going to sink her shit. Uh, L, friend of the show, always here. Man, I feel off my game. I go to, I told the COE, I go to Canada for six days, and it's like, uh, people don't get it. It's not that easy to talk. Uh, and I'm just, I'm feeling off my game, but that's my problem. Elf, the jury will see right through it. Victim blaming is not a good look. Do you agree with him, Jansen? I agree with that. It's real. Those are hard cases when you attack the, the victim. Now, there are some cases you have to, but you don't directly attack. You indirectly attack, if you know what I'm saying. You don't call her a liar. You just give the facts and say, well, you didn't say this on this day. You don't want to come out and say you're a liar until closing. Then you say she's a liar. but Because you don't want the jury to hate you and say, well, she might be a liar, but you're an ass. You know? So uh, there's a way to do it. And there's a way not to do it. By the way, Tim, your hair is looking fantastic as ever. Amazing. Yeah, looks really another year. Looks beautiful. Uh, Ned I just Smith. had another birthday. Oh, you did. Happy birthday, Timbo. I won't 28th even. 28th uh, December, yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday yeah. to Tim Jansen. No, when I, when, I, when I tell people my age, no one believes it. Do Tim not believe Jansen. it. Tim Jansen, they do you not believe for eight, you. Look great for eighty-seven, Tim. Um, <laughs> <you look fantastic. laughs> was the microphone a birthday gift or was it a uh, Christmas? Or was it a Christmas gift? Christmas gift, okay. Christmas gift. I, yeah, I wanted to delineate that. And you also had a huge Christmas party, didn't you? I did, and you were invited. You better follow Tim Jansen on uh, Instagram at Courtroom Chef, right? Courtroom Chef. Yeah. Yeah, he posts oh, my all wife, these, uh, she does. She has pictures home with sparkle. You'll see all the Christmas sparkle. pictures. There you go. You see, you see the how Tim Jansen, how, how uh, his Christmas was. Ned Smith, defense attorney, is trying to, uh, Tim, for you, is the defense attorney, Frank Prieto, trying to taint the potential jury pool? We always hear about that. Uh, is that something that he's strategizing? Is it a conscious decision at this point? If so, then she needs another defense attorney. Um, trying to taint the jury pool is not a, a winning effort. Because here's the problem. Um, you got six jurors. Well, yeah, six jurors are going to be on there. It's not a death penalty. So you got six people that are going to want to be on that jury, right? It's a high-profile case. And people are not going to give their true feelings how they feel about her. They want to be on the case, so maybe they can write a book. Maybe they can be interviewed. Maybe they can do whatever. Taint, trying to taint the jury is not going to look good by the judge. 
people are going to be excused. Um, you're not going to get a change of venue because you have to try to pick a jury. Um, you could do it subtly if you're trying to get a mistrial and then trying to work out a plea deal. But I, I just don't see how his actions of going on court TV helped his client, helped him in trying to resolve the case. Now, they said they're categorically defending her. She's going to be found now guilty. Of course, that's what you say. You got to say that. But you have to look at the evidence, too. And he probably was better. The lawyer is probably better not going on TV and certainly not better not making the statements they did attacking the victim. Uh, Yala, how much is Joel's book? I don't even know. It's under 20 bucks. I'm living La Vida Broca right now. Do me a favor. Email the COE, survivingthesurvivor at gmail.com, survivingthesurvivor at gmail.com. I will find a way to get you a copy of the book. For those who cannot afford it, I will figure out a way. So uh, email her, survivingthesurvivor at gmail.com. Um, it's a story I think everyone's got to hear. I will probably say that a million more times. Someone asked me how much my age. Hey, Joe, someone asked me how old I was. Maybe the, maybe the guests can try to guess my age and see if they can get close. Uh, yeah, they could do that. Let's see. Uh, Brad R. here. Can his family sue for damages? I know Christian has a civil attorney, and I know that because me, mm -hmm. Moen, is already on it. Uh, that civil attorney is likely going to come on next week with Tim Jansen. Uh, but what, what goes on on the civil side here, Tim? How do you play uh, either side of this? Yeah, he would have a wrongful death suit, uh, clearly. And she's got money, which is, you know, that's two things a lawyer likes, right? You like liability and you like money. You like damages. Um, so I think they, um, I think they do have a lawsuit. I know he was suing the apartment complex or the, whatever the condo that may be a little hard for the premises liability unless they can show uh, that the premises didn't take action. And I think they had security up there trying to go in and, and knock on the door when they, when they were called by neighbors. So, so nobody's guessed um, my age yet. <laughs> All of them are wrong. Every, everyone's, everyone's afraid here, I guess. Um, so the neighbor, this is another important aspect of this case, uh, a guy named Aiden Nesvisky, Aiden Nesvisky. Uh, he lived below the couple, below Christian and uh, Courtney, and he said he's, he would often hear the couple fighting. Here's the quote. It is domestic violence. I mean, if you hear something, see something, say something, you never know what's going on behind closed doors. It's a really sad situation. I think ultimately it could have been avoided. Uh, I don't want to point the finger of blame at him, but he's the one that said, if you hear something, see something, say something. I don't know that he did or didn't, but clearly it got to the point where he was killed. But again, Tim, how important um, will these eye, eyewitnesses be in terms of giving testimony when this trial does come to fruition? I'm well, talking all the neighbors in, in the building. They, yeah. And they'll come in and they'll be good. Some will be good for the defense. Some will be good for the, um, for the prosecution. Uh, and the prosecutor, you know, the defense is going to have to hone in on trying to milk those victims and witnesses are going to say he was a bad guy and he domestic batterer. And then the state's going to say, fine, we clearly know it's a, 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 a mutual combat. But on this day, in this day, she threw a knife and stabbed him. And she had no reason to do that. And she's previously admitted to hitting him when she gets pissed. It's clear she was pissed. And then when she stabbed him, she called her mom. 
twice before she called 911. And then when she went to the police department, she lied, gave a false statement, and didn't admit that she made a mistake and lost her temper. And, that, and then the jury's going to decide. Queen Cake's life says Tim is 78. Dom's mom says 61, but looks 51. Ned Smith, the sarcastic Ned Smith, 65. Uh, Linda Mon says 45. Um, I'd be shocked if he's 70 something. Um, nope. 68, nope. 52. Nope. Oh, someone did the, someone figured this out. Someone said he was 52 in 2013. They were doing some Google searches. Uh, Tim, you have a beautiful head of hair and you look handsome. I'm going to say 57, 59. Uh, thanks, Ned Smith. Rebecca, Rebecca Greiger got it right. Oh, there 63. You go. 63. Um, look at this, Ned Smith. Congratulations on your book, Super Bowl 24. Yeah, baby. We're going to be the Super Bowl halftime show next Super Bowl. Uh, look at this. Joel's book is the number one bestseller in parenting and family's humor. Who knew that there was even a category for that? I had no idea. Um, I got a, an email from the publisher saying, congrats on your rankings. I don't even know how to read the rankings. The publisher <laughs> hasn't even told me that the book is out. I wouldn't have known if it wasn't for you guys. Uh, Alpha She Wolf here. Will her breaking the jaw of her ex, Mr. Olympia, I didn't know he was Mr. Olympia. Will that come up, Tim Jansen? Um, yes, depending on how long ago it was. It, it, and, and for a 404B, it's time, place, and manner. How long ago was it? And what were the circumstances? And it was, was it a domestic violence relationship? Yes. If it's close in time. If it's within two or three years, I'd say yes. If it's 20 years and ago now. Tim Smart, I did a quick LinkedIn search. You don't have the years you graduated school. This guy's no dummy. He doesn't put in the years. I put in the years, but now that I'm getting older, I have to take the uh, the years down. Phyllis says 67 on and on it goes. Um, 83 it, undergrad and 86 law school. I love I love Black Widow. Buttocks, a good indicator. May we see Tim? LOL. No, no. My hair is my better view. I love Black Widow. I love her, but she scares me a little bit. So. Um, we've got the neighbors there. Here's a quote from, uh, defense attorney, Frank Prieto, man, Fridays are weird days, especially after vacation. This is what the defense attorney said. And I quote, we are completely shocked at Courtney's arrest based upon the clear evidence of self-defense in this matter. It is an absolute injustice to charge a victim of domestic violence and human trafficking with a crime. We will vigorously defend Courtney and clear her of this unfounded and baseless charge. Tim Jansen, what jumps out to me here, he's alleging in this statement that Christian was operating in human trafficking. What is going on there? It's a it's a bad statement to get publicity, denigrate the victim. No one has a problem with saying he's going to go to trial and his client's going to be vindicated. No problem with that. We've done our own investigation. We feel confident at trial. No problem with that. Attacking the victim in public and claiming that she she should never be charged and that it's just wrong, just wrong. By the way, my good friend Matt Broad from Ann Arbor, diehard Michigan fan, but I like this comment. By the way, watching from Seattle, go Huskies. I almost might have to root for Washington. Uh, great offense. Michigan's got a great defense. Should make for a great game. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm not that huge a college uh, football fan, but we'll Steve see. will be happy about that. <laughs> uh, Steve Cohen, go blue. 
Yeah. Uh, he yeah, should go to the blue. championship game. He should be going, but he's not going. Steve Cohen, our fearless producer, our booking uh, producer extraordinaire, and uh, and there you go. He should be going to the championship game. So this guy, Frank Prieto, continues on, and then we'll start to wrap up in a few. He says, we are mounting a vigorous defense for Courtney. Many defense witnesses that will testify uh, will say she was the victim of domestic violence and the actions she took were to save her own life. Now, Tim, we all know that defense attorneys can say things. Do you think he yep. knows that he can back up this uh, this this talk? Do you think he's going to be able to find witnesses that are going to testify that she was, in fact, the victim of domestic violence? Because if you make that statement, you got to uh, put your money where your mouth is, don't you? Well, he, he'll probably call, find a witness. He'll say that at one occasion or two occasions, he might've pushed her or made have hit her back, but he's not going to find a witness. That's going to say she was a victim of abuse on April 3rd. Right. Uh, her own testimony. She says he, he grabbed her by the neck, threw her against a wall. Somehow she was able to get up, grab a knife. And then he was 10 feet away and she threw the knife. They took pictures of her. She had no injuries, no marks on her neck, no injuries at all. No, I denied that JM. This is my natural hair. There is no hair dye. This is my natural hair. Those are good genes, man. I, I've got too many whites. I need uh, hair just for men. I was going to say hair club for men. I might need that too, but I definitely need just for men. They got to advertise on the show, man. That's what they've got to do. So um, moving on to uh, Christian Obumselli's family. He's got a statement too. They came out. They say they simply do not accept this claim of domestic violence. Um, his his cousin is sort of the spokesperson for the family. Her name is Karen Egbuna, Egbuna, E-G-B-U-N-A. She says that the family has no concrete reason to believe it could have uh, been self-defense on the part of Courtney. And his brother, Jeffrey Obumselli, said, and I quote here, there's many unanswered questions, and we just want justice for our brother. I got to tell you, in the few little clips we see of Christian, he seems to be a stand-up guy. I mean, you can't really tell too much from uh, you know an elevator video or from these text messages, but he seemed to appreciate her. He seemed to want to be with her. Um, he, he even said in that text exchange that he was looking forward to going to the state fair with her the next day after she was being a total idiot to him. Uh, but the family seems to be taking the high road here. They're not throwing, you know, names around or claiming that she was trafficking and, uh, you know, uh, sex trafficking or, or any of that sort of thing. Simply, they are coming out and saying that they want justice for the brother. Uh, will that help at all, uh, Tim, moving forward as this case gets ready to get to trial? Well, I think the family always comes out and wants the best. Um, I don't see any problem with the statement that the family member made. I think it's 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 good. Uh, it's fair. They want justice. They want to find what happened. Maybe they don't know of any domestic violence abuse by her, their relative, uh, and they're defending his honor because he can't defend it. No problem with that at all. Um, and that's you want the victims to come out and speak for the victim. Who's going to speak for the victim other than Catherine Rundle and the prosecutors? Um, it's a terrible case. And his actions in the elevator, I will tell you, if a prosecutor looked at his actions in the elevator, they would not be charging him with domestic battery. They would be charging her. Those text message exchanges, it looks like he was a victim and she made an admission. 
and she kept him out of the house when he's injured, needed help. Um, so it, 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 I'm curious to see what Prieto is going to show up with. I hope he just doesn't show up with a bunch of words and puzzle pieces and things that just don't come to fruition. He should he should try to get a deal for her if she has drug issues and realistic drug issues. They should stop going public, try to resolve this case. Tim Jansen, Katrina Raven, will her DWIs come in? I suppose she has previous DWIs. Is that something that could be admissible? That would not come in. That would not be relevant. That's just prior bad conduct that has no relevance on the case. Um, this next comment, by the way, is something only people in central New Jersey are going to understand. The only thing better than watching <laughs> Tim on the show is a burger from White Rose on Woodbridge Avenue. That is Edison Highland Park, New Jersey. I've driven by White Rose 43,797,000 times. We all used to go there after the Rutgers parties. You get greasy, greasy food late right. at night. It's open all night long. It is a landmark. That and tasty subs on Route 27. Uh, President Obama went to tasty subs. That tells you how good it is. It's a hole in the wall. Anytime you go there, there's a line around the building to get into tasty subs. Uh, another important question as we start to close out this episode. Tim, <laughs> do you have any hair tips for Joel? And look at this. Um, Tim is the uh, Benjamin Button of law. But go ahead. Any hair tips for me, Tim? That's good. Well, you know, I, I'm I'm one of six in my family, and my other brother were really close, and he's bald headed, right? And I I always say he used to wear hats all the time, and I I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe the air and it doesn't get to you, but he's bald, completely bald on his head. And um, your and your not. own brother is completely bald, mm -hmm. right? He, he won the Mister. Get... Does he have what? Does he have anger issues over this? Um, toward you well, is he angry no but he did win a Halloween costume he dressed up as Mr. Clean and he won $450 <laughs> uh, look at this Mariella says uh, happy new year from Barcelona that's how they say it there Barcelona uh, Barcelona Spain Meg P unlike the COE I haven't had a gray hair yet knock on wood the COE our kids pointed out she had one or two and it kind of brought a warm smile to my heart uh knowing that she's starting to catch up to me in uh in age joel has literally driven infinity miles uh can her family sue for loss of life yes they can dr phil did an interview with christian's family uh courtney didn't even call them to tell them what happened is that the sort of thing that could uh come in that that kind of uh testimony tim or that's just uh something that can never be uh, admissible. Well, we don't know if she had a relationship with his family. When he was injured and wanted to get in, he said he slept on the floor or in the floor for two hours. I don't know if his family's close or even in town or if he has that kind of relationship with him. Uh, that may or may not be. She could say, hey, my lawyer told me not to contact him. And we have that sometimes when we have a victim. We will tell our client not to reach out to the victim's family because you don't know how they're going to take it at the time when they're mourning. Um, but later on, we make sure that they know the lawyer told them not to reach out. And we've had that in a DUI homicide manslaughter. The boy was really good friends with the girl and we had told him not to. And then they realized later we went through back channels with the lawyer representing the family and told him that 
the son really wants to talk, but we can't allow him because the case is still pending. Uh, Ned Smith says gray is the new black. Uh, this is a super sticker, so I'm going to bring it back up, although we sort of um, discussed this. But, Tim, will Courtney Clenny's previous domestic violence issues be able to be admitted uh, as evidence? Is there a across-the-board answer on this? I think that it some of them will, and I think that's going to be a hearing. Um, and I think it's going to be a 404B hearing. You see, you know, the problem with this is in federal court, we do them beforehand. In state court, these judges like to rule on 404B after the trial started. Um, and they want to hear evidence because it's a time sa saver. It's kind of problematic for the defense and the prosecution because you want to know what's coming in, right? Because if, if it's coming in, you want to know before trial, before you're opening. Um, and judges just don't want to do it. It's time-consuming. It's like a mini-trial. And so what happens is in the middle of the trial, they say, okay, judge, we want to introduce this issue that you haven't ruled on. They go, okay, take the jury out. Jury goes out. Then the person testifies. Then the cross-examination. Then the judge rules yes or no. And if he lets it in, then the jury comes back and they do the same thing again. Um, but the parties always want to know ahead of time what's coming in and out. Uh, Andrew Tate is this controversial figure out of the UK that's like a very male, uh, uh, like an alpha male type. Uh, please answer if he was connected with Andrew Tate. I had not heard that or read that anywhere. I don't know if you did, Tim, but I never read that. Um, Dash of Bree. I like that name. Rumor is the money from OnlyFans was being sent to Christian's family for a relative's cancer treatment. I don't know if that's true, Tim. If it is true and it's far from being corroborated, could the defense use that? So I, I have no idea if that's true. Can the defense use that? Well, how would that be a defense? How would that help the defense? It, that maybe maybe at was, sentence, maybe at sentencing. Yeah, maybe saying, right? "Look, she, you know, she was uh, compassionate, she was trying to help." Yeah, yeah. And by the way, someone here says that. Ob Obum Selly's net worth, according to this person, was $2.5 million. He was a quote-unquote cryptocurrency investor. That $2.5 million could be worth negative 2.5 cents right now, if that's the case. But who knows? Um, could be worth a lot. Uh, shout out again to Susan Harmon of True Lifestyles on YouTube. Check it out if you haven't seen her channel. She says, Tim, uh, these are factoids from her. Obviously, the defense is trying to suppress a ton of evidence. Uh, they've been going back and forth. There's been about 120 files and motions in this case already. Is that a lot? Is that a big number? I have no idea. Um, in state court, uh, that's a lot. Uh, I had a federal case where we had 700. Um, mm. It may be Prieto's being billing by the hour because um, that would justify a lot of motions, but of course, he's going to try to file motions. The more they get discovered, they're going to try to keep the bad stuff out. Um, so, but that's a lot. That is a lot for a second degree murder. And Tim, what about this? Um, Susan's been reading her discovery in motions and says that there's been about twelve hearings so far. They can't seem to settle on a trial date. Uh, what What's going on there? Is twelve hearings a lot? And why can't they settle on a trial date? Isn't the judge supposed to take control and set a date? It depends on the judge. Some judges are are very fair and want to litigate issues so you don't have to have a retrial. Other judges like to do them in the middle of trial. Um, there may be some genuine legal issues that the court has to rule on that are very detrimental for one side or the other. Um, Twelve hearings seems like a lot. 
but when you have a lot of 404B and you have a lot of, if you have a, apparently there's a lot of videos and a lot of phone calls that they're trying to, they should do them all at once. But, you know, the calendar down in Miami is a calendar. It's not easy to find time to do these hearings. Mm. By the way, I am now in global headquarters. I left my home because of all the noise and I can hear someone in the distance hammering. I just cannot win. I need to go to an island to do the show far, far away. Uh, this has been our, our first dive into this Courtney Clenny, Christian Albumselli case. And uh, thank you all for being here. Look at this comment from Georgia Culture. Your book's going to help so many infusing the story with hope. That's my bet. Resilient Survivor. Uh, you can do it all as well. I think that, um, and I'm going to put this back up here if you guys are interested in ordering the book. Um, and for those who can't afford it, uh, let me know. Surviving the Survivor, surviving the survivor at gmail.com, uh, and we will uh, find a way to get you the book um, if it means I have to steal my kid's piggy bank. My kids, by the way, um, set up a lemonade stand straight out of Central Casting, and they made 50 bucks. They were out there all day. I could not believe it. My daughters gave my four and a half year old four quarters and told him that was all he got. He was, he was angry when I told him what it was worth. Angry, angry. Um, but there it is. That's the book. I cannot believe I'm looking at my book cover. Um, and that is the QR code. If you want to pre-order, uh, please show the publisher, Postal Press, shout out to them, that we don't mess around at STS Nation. As far as next week, Monday, Donna Adelson with hopefully Tim Jansen on Monday night. We're going to be doing that story 7 p.m. Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Tim, what is the sunshine law? Bellamy wants to know. Uh, sunshine law is requires government agencies have to turn over um, documents upon request by the general public. That includes state attorney's office, any public office, um, Congress, not Congress, but state office holders and government agencies. Anybody can request it. They have to turn it over. There you go. Ned Smith, thanks for a great show, Joel. Tim COE and Mods, thanks for the birthday wishes. Happy birthday, Ned Smith. Don't get too wild tonight. Silky Keller in Germany. Would you consider coming German. on a book tour? 100% would. Uh, Tennis Girl, thank you so much. So glad that Tim is back. Thanks, Tim and Joel. I got to tell you, I feel out of it. I don't know why. I can never go on vacation again. Going away and then coming back is impossible for me. Uh, but uh, look at this. Tali in Israel. Stay safe, Tali. In Tel Aviv. Hope, hopefully things will get better there. Um, although it doesn't seem to be the case yet. But hopefully slowly improving. We are thinking of you. And Henshi Held sent me a nice note in Jerusalem. So uh, thanks to all of you. Just a quick. Uh, so Monday, Donna Adelson at night. As she gets get, gets ready to go to court Tuesday, Tuesday, Tim Jansen will be with me at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. We are going to cover live coverage and analysis of Donna Adelson in court as she fights for her life to get out of Tallahassee. Ironically, the place she wanted her grandchildren to get out of. And then uh, Thursday, we are doing a special story once again on Rachel Morin. Her killer is still out there. And uh, we've got some of the best investigators who are volunteering their own time to try to help find Rachel Morin's killer and uh, any other breaking news, including this case, uh, Courtney Clenny back in a courtroom, supposedly on Friday. So we will have that. By the way, I meant to say this. If you are experiencing domestic violence, call 1-800-799-SAFE, one 800 
799-SAFE, 1-800-799-SAFE. And uh, we will put that up the next time we do this show, uh, which does involve domestic violence. Until then, huge thanks to Tim Jansen for coming back. We will see you Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern time on Donna Adelson. Love you, America. Love you, Tim Jansen, Sarah. Love you, Tallahassee. Love you, Canada. Love you, the UK. And everywhere. Yeah, on to Israel, too. And South Africa. Final seconds of the game. A chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks.